All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And really, uh, today's episode is really going to make sense as to why this podcast is named the Mind of George Show. Probably one of the biggest hidden secrets to my success, to most of my friends' success, and for whatever reason is not talked about enough. Um, and so I have a very special guest today, probably the world's most interesting man that I know and have talked to recently, which I'm excited to bring into. And we're going to be unpacking a lot of fun stuff, probably around mindset, stress relief, anxiety, changing habits, setting yourself up to win as an entrepreneur in your business and your life and whatever else that we can get into. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce my dear friend and I'm going to let him pronounce his name, but his name is Elp. And how do I say your last name? Alptekin. Alptekin. I always feel I always yes. feel like I want to say it in like it's a one word, like it's a one right. name, like Elptikin yes. is your name, and that sounds like yeah, so absolutely. royal. Um, but I'm super excited to have you, my friend. So good morning, welcome to the show. Good morning, nice to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Of course. So I'm going to kick it off like I do everybody and everywhere. And you've had an interesting life, but I want to go right to that that relating point. So when you think back. Because uh, you've been in business for a while, you've been playing this game for a long time. When you think back, what is the biggest mistake that you have ever made in business, and what did you learn from it? I think the biggest mistake is that I have listened to so-called experts rather than my own opinion and voice. You know, I, I probably spent, I don't know, how many thousands and thousands to uh, experts and coaches who all knew better or at least seemed to know better and in the end things didn't work out the way they should have been not because they were not qualified necessarily not because they didn't know what they are talking about because i think at the end of the day it's us living our lives also in business right Mm -hmm. so and and somehow we don't know why something might make sense but we we feel it, and if we do not go after this, we are not in our own power. Mm-hmm. So if we if we give away the power just to experts because we believe somebody else has the wisdom for our next step, basically, this might or might not be true, depending mm-hmm. on where we are coming from. That's um that's a powerful lesson. I've learned that one too. Uh, Mm. it's probably like one of the number one things that I bump into a lot with like people I coach and students and even, even a lot of the industry in which we're in, right? Like experts selling the answers for you when I, when I think what really is, and and we're going to get into this, but, but really what it is, is that, you know, you know, there's all these wise quotes that like when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I, I think there's this consumption Um, like this dopamine hit of like advocating our own responsibility and our own wisdom thinking that somebody else will give it or have it. And and the analogy, and I'm going to ask for your thoughts on this, but the analogy that I always use, and I believe my buddy Jeff Spencer um, was the one who said this to me or uh, something in context. And it always stuck with me. And it's like Olympic athletes are Olympians with or without a coach. The coach's job is to help navigate blind spots and keep them on track, but they're the ones running the race. And when I think about us as human beings, like we innately, when we spend time alone or connecting to our breath or feeling our emotions, what we're tapping into is wisdom. And that wisdom 
is like a barometer, right? Like I wrote an email yeah. about this the other day. You can either be a thermostat or you can be a thermometer, right? And thermometers yeah. just react. All you can do, like I can freeze you in a block of ice and all you can do is tell me you can, it's cold or I can shove you up Satan's ass and all you can tell me it's really hot, right? Like you can't yeah. do anything about it. But a thermostat reads the room. It, it identifies like, oh, it's a little hot. Let me turn it down a bit. Or it's a little cold. Let me turn mm-hmm. it up a bit. And so with that lesson that you learned and, and I'm going to let everybody get into your backstory in a minute. But with that lesson, what are your thoughts? Like as a hypnotherapist and somebody who walks people through this, right? is that something common that you see? And then as you see it, what are some of the, the, the quote unquote tools or awarenesses or distinctions that can help navigate that process? So like you wouldn't make that mistake again, or you would make sure that when you hire that coach or find that expert, that it's the right time for the re- message right. to be received. Like how do you navigate that? Um, I think what we all need is to learn how to tell the difference between discursive mind and what I would call real intuition. And let, let me give you a hint. A real intuitive insight doesn't make you necessarily excited, doesn't let you up. It can be totally quiet but very powerfully so. If you have a deep insight, it's almost neutral, but, but with such a power that you know, that's it, that's true. And this might sound now more, let's say more mystical and far away than it is. I mean, you're married, right? Mm-hmm. And have kids. Yes, I am. There, wa- there was a point in your relationship where you just knew that's the one that I'm going with, whether this is something that you felt immediately or that came after a couple of dates, but you just knew. You didn't need an expert to tell you, hey, that's the girl. I mean, you didn't need to hire a coach to tell you and and ask her, uh, which of these girls is it, you know, or uh, which one should I, you just knew. Mm -hmm. And I think if we get lost in being in distractions, but also within our own mind, then then we lose track of it. And, and somehow what I basically do is teach people how to recognize uh, this true voice that can be very silent. Yeah. Yeah, I think and I and I and I'm super familiar and we've we've talked about this at length on other calls before. And I yeah. want to bring it here. And and for me, what my gut tells me is that one of the reasons that people miss that wisdom or that intuition, whatever you want to call it, is because of the lack of space that we yeah. create in our yes. days, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Like, how do you go about that, right? So, like, we hear all these things about morning routines, afternoon routines, boom, 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 boom. And I have this, like, unhealthy relationship with some of those words, right? You hear meditation thrown around like it's candy, right? And you're like, oh, I can't meditate. I can't turn my brain off. I can't. And I'm like, and now, you know, 20 years later, I'm like, I meditate every day because it's not what I thought it looked like, right? And I take space every day and it's not what I thought it looked like. But, you know, for me, and, and I'm more making a statement here, but I would love your thoughts on it is that I think one of the biggest enemies of my success in my life was the fact that I always thought I had to fill more space rather than create yes. more space. Yes. Is that yes. something that you see a lot of as well? 
Oh, totally. And it has become more crazy. I mean, look, look, I'm 50 now. So I grew up in the 70s and 80s. When I went to retreat, it was 98. And I was 28 years old. And uh, smartphones had just started. And when I came out, like, first time, like four years later, when when I was in closed retreat, and I saw everybody running around in what I perceived uh, talking to themselves, basically. And we didn't we didn't even have smartphones. I'm talking about the first Nokia's. Yep. Even this was for me like, holy fuck! They they can't even. And I saw everybody in a supermarket talking to each other. And I said, they can't even make a decision on what they are going to buy by themselves. Mm-hmm. They need to chat about it. I mean, me included. Now I'm chatting with my wife all the tools. So <laughs> the, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Once you have the technology, we use it, but it worked against us. Mm-hmm. And nowadays it's even more crazy. Yeah. I mean, that my, I mean, people are so addicted into this. Let me give you right away, everybody, one advice. Just start by going to the toilet without this damn thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you can't even shit alone, you do not have left life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, I think that is the best summary that I've ever heard. Like that just summed up like 10 years of personal development work in one sentence for me. If you can't shit without your phone, you're not living life anymore. No. And no. And, and like, I think it's important, like, for everybody to understand you know, I love technology. I think it's amazing. I think it's a oh, yeah. tool, right? Yes, yes. But it's a tool. It's not yeah. something that that we require. Like it doesn't keep our heart beating. It doesn't fill our oxygen with lungs. It's a tool that helps yes. us utilize those things. And, and I still like I'm an addict. I have an addictive personality. I understand that I'm self-aware of those things. And like obviously you know the work I've done to be here. Yes, yes. But human beings are addicts. We get into something yes. that gives us a, a dopamine hit, a level of control, yes. a serotonin dump, and then we exploit it until no yep. end to where the impulse or not the impulse, the hit that we get gets dissipated and then we have to do more of it and then we oh, yeah. end up just completely, completely deprogramming ourselves. And so I want to give everybody a little bit of context because everyone's going to be like, okay, I got this guy. Um, can you give everybody, and I don't care how long this goes because I love your story, but can you, you said when I went to that retreat and then four years later when I came yeah. out and yeah. a few people have some zygarnic effect going on right now. Can you tell everybody right. kind of your background, your story, where you were then and yeah. how you got to here? Right. Look, it, it all started with me practicing martial arts at a very young age. Uh, with 15, I was looking for the hardest, hardest and toughest style around. And I happened to have been lucky and, and came to my later teacher that the first thing he did was made us sit and meditate for 10 minutes. And this was the toughest thing I ever experienced to my life so far. I said, I go no further because no amount of fighting. I was a kid in the streets. I grew up in the streets. You know, fighting was daily, was nothing particularly unknown to me. This was a life that I knew. Uh, But to sit by myself for 10 minutes seemed to be hell. 
and I say, that's it. So I started meditating when I, when I was uh, 14, started meditating regularly when I was 15. And from this point of view, this, uh, this point, this became very important in my life. Later, I discovered uh, all, all kinds of traditional schools, Taoist meditation schools, Zen Buddhism, Buddhism. And I, I found home in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. And at one point with 28, I, I had to ask myself the question, do I just want to practice this as a hobby? And I was doing it one to two hours a day. Mm. You know, this, this was still hobby level for me. And I say, okay, either I dive in now deeply, commit fully, or I just stop. Because I couldn't take it anymore mm. as well. I have to say, it wasn't just curiosity, it was pure suffering that drove me there. I couldn't, I, I couldn't find a way to get happy. Mm. Impossible. I, I saw the impossibility. For me, how to experience real happiness? And I didn't see any freaking anybody else around me that was happy. And nothing convinced me. No, no going into business more deeply, making money. I, I, at this time, I was lucky since I, I started teaching and coaching when I was 17 already, had my first clients there. I had business owners who were miserable as fuck. <laughs> so, I mean, well, that's not a role model to go after, right? I said, it can't be this. So I went for passion. So I made really my passion, martial arts, my profession, meditation, my profession early on, etc. But, you know, after a while, your passion becomes your job and it's not so interesting anymore as well. Somehow it, 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 I couldn't fill this deep hole that I was filling in my life. So with 28, I decided I go full into practice. Um, at this time in, in Tibetan Buddhist tradition, we have two options. We go the celibacy way. So it's a monastery for monks and nuns. And in our school, we had both. Or I go the non-celibate way, which is called the Nakba tradition or in, in Tibetan or uh, yogi tradition, if you want. Like there you could practice without celibacy. And I went to this path with my former girlfriend at this time. So we went a lay way. We built the center in the first one and a half years and then went into a retreat. And all in all, I spent like, yeah, five and a half, six years in closed retreat, seven years of it altogether out of society. So you, you yeah. were, you were 28, right? 28 yeah. years old. Yeah. And you were like literally doing everything, like chasing that hit, right? Martial arts, right. coaching, everything. All of it. And these people that were in front of you, you're like, I don't want to go there. Like that Absolutely. is not yeah. where I want to end yeah. up. And it was like enough yeah. of a pattern interrupt. You're like, if these are my options, I either just have to accept my misery or right. I have to do something to go find myself, create my happiness and dive all the way in. So you made the decision to go into uh, Tibetan Buddhist, uh, right. the non-celibate route. And then you went into, you built a center first or did you go right into... Look, it was also a land that was given to two very experienced yogi teachers that okay. I had, who, who was a couple who spent like 17 years in retreat at this time. 
in close retreat. So they they were empowered to start this uh, lay chapter of the monastery. Okay. It was one of the biggest uh, Tibetan Buddhist schools. It was in the Karma Kagyu tradition. By the way, people who are familiar with this might recognize this. Uh, this was in France. And uh, so the land was there. We had some, this was a former farm and we didn't need to transform everything. So for one and a half years, we were working daily no music, no distraction, no nothing, concrete in the morning, working with concrete in the morning, learning Tibetan instruments in the evening, studying Tibetan, all of it. So because we had to build and learn and prepare in the same time. So really a tough school. It was really traditional Tibetan style, like no distractions and you fully commit and, and, and also you're, you're depending on uh, people's donations. Mm-hmm. I mean, so also, I mean, my family, of course, freaked out. They thought he's lost to a cult. <laughs> and, you know, it was not that I prepared to go there. And it, for me, it was really, okay, goodbye, everybody. I'll keep writing, but that's it. I've chosen my life. And uh, with all the love that I had, of course, but of course they thought, okay, this kid is lost. Mm-hmm. So, and, but I was the happiest how I, I was how, how ironic oh, how ironic you were lost but yet you were actually found oh absolutely right what you and, lost was the attachment yeah. to everything totally oh. totally and you know I, I never forget this feeling of really selling everything and having uh, basically just two bags with which which we had it to France and and money for three months and this was it and nothing no backup no retirement plan, no uh, nothing. It was so liberating, so liberating, mm-hmm. because that's what I wanted to do. And I, and I felt before this, I never had this feeling of waking up and having the feeling this makes sense. Mm. Suddenly at the feeling I lived a life that makes sense to me. You know, it doesn't have to be monastery. It doesn't necessarily even have to be meditation, but you need to get this sense in life where you feel like this makes sense this matters mm-hmm. and i and i wanted to be literally ready to die every day and i could at this time i lay down in bed and i say i'm ready mm-hmm. i'm ready universe i'm ready god whatever your frame of references take me i'm ready great day i had a great day and the next morning literally what a great opportunity again let's go for it yeah that- let's 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 dig into the dirt. Let's let's uh, let's get scolded by my teachers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, growth, learning, right? Yeah, like alive. Absolutely. Like you know, it's it's interesting. Um, and I I love I love all of this. And it and I have a little bit of militaristic in me, right? So I love oh, yeah. this. And I I read Thich Nhat Han all the time. But then on the other side, I go read Stoicism to slap me in the face, right? Marcus Aurelius oh, yeah. just always has oh, a way yeah. to like get me right Boom. in my soul. And, oh, yeah. and it's really interesting because I have this barometer. Uh, I can tell like how grounded I am, how good my day is going to go based on how I feel when I think about the inevitable, when I think about yes. death, when I think yes. about, yes. you know, that memento mori that I at any moment. And it's really, really become an interesting barometer for me because like as I'm sitting here and I think about my son at school and my wife out at the ranch right now and I have that moment of like, oh, I miss them. I want them in this moment. And I find myself out of the moment, I get anxiety. Yeah. And then I'm yes. like, okay, 
And then I check in my morning this morning. Oh my God, I filled my son's tank. I filled my wife's tank. I've literally filled my purpose this morning and it's 9 a.m. and I'm getting teary-eyed thinking about this now. Yeah. And then I'm like, and then it's like this overwhelming feeling of like peace and surrender. Yes. And for me, it comes from awareness, right? Like it's just a- Absolutely. Yeah, I think the whole world is tasting a little bit of it right now. Like here's the red pill, whether you liked it or not, right? But it's time to plug back in and that awareness is key. So my question is, so you spent uh, like seven and a half years basically isolated from the world, right? Right. When you, because you had been thinking about this, right? So you had already been practicing, you know, for one to two hours a day, right? And you're like toe touching and you realize like, I can't keep doing this. I got to go or not go. Absolutely. And then you committed. Was there a period and I'm really interested to hear your perspective on this. Was there a period of like when you committed and like you got there that you basically went through like withdrawals and shedding like of like, Oh, oh of course. Yeah. Can you tell of me about course. that? Yeah. Of course. The thing is, um, the preparation was still nice because you know, you could go as soon. I mean the, the first commitment we made, like it starts with six weeks. This was like a mini retreat. I mean, I call it mini. I mean, for most people, this is like, <laughs> how the hell am I going to get six <laughs> weeks in my life anyway? I mean, I, I would get crazy with one day in retreat, right? You, you, need, you need some gradual growing into this, of course. But then the next big commitment was immediately for three and a half years, almost mm. three years, three months and three days in a group. Oh, man, the first year was tough. Tough, 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 tough. So people think when I say I was in a monastery, because that's the best word we have, because it's actually, it's called, first of all, it's called a retreat house in Tibetan, Drupkan. Second, uh, retreat, it's called putting a limit. The Tibetan word for retreat, it means some, it's a limit. You put limits Mm. and creating limits is what creates growth. But do not think this is a fun journey. I mean, all, literally all my projections to the world came up uh, being being projected to the few people, the poor ones that have been with me in retreat, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then the situation you experience in retreat is really like, you know, this movie from the 90s, Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. Tim Murray uh, or Jim Murray, I don't Bill, remember. Bill Murray, yeah, Bill, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. You always wake up the same day, same people, same situation, same routine. And then the first year is, is like his first days where his ego tried to, to hold ground. And then uh, the withdrawal of the addictions of your habits that somehow do not find any more possibility to live themselves out. And then all the demons come up. I went through depression, possibly psychotic episodes, all of it. And this in itself is what's meditation truly about. Sorry to bring it to you guys, but <laughs> people think it's, it's just la la land. No, it's not. No, it's not. Think of meditation really the entry journey into therapy. Mm-hmm. Then you're much closer to, to its true meaning. And this was, I, w- I would call it even the early days uh, therapy uh, technology. Not necessarily working only on personality, like we can do very precisely with, with uh, um, 
nowadays uh, therapies and, 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 and psychology, but it's working really on, on the depth levels of your soul, on your basic attachments. And, and one of the most basic attachments is actually wanting to be happy. And you need to learn to be happy while being unhappy. And this is something people can't wrap their head around. But I say, as long as you cannot be happy while being unhappy, then you're not happy. You're not really happy. You know, the real happiness must be being in a place where it doesn't matter that you're temporarily going through something, that your mind or your body is experiencing suffering. Because guess what? Inevitable in this life. If you do not want to suffer, don't exist. Cease to exist. But even this is not optional. Even if you kill this body, journey goes on, man. There's no escape until you surrender to what is inevitable. Yeah, I think God, like, oh. So first, like, thank you for sharing all this. For everybody, everybody listening right now, this is probably the fastest summary of what the last 15 years of my life has felt like. And it's mind blowing to me that like I've invested like seven figures. I mean, and Alp knows I've probably done every therapeutic modality on the planet from PTSD recovery, like EMDR, CBT, prolonged exposure, silent retreats, breathwork retreats, meditation, plant medicine, hypnotherapy. Like I've done them all. And what is so mind blowing to me, what is so mind blowing to me is like, and I know all of them support, right? Like all of them have got me to a point, but still to this day, nothing. And I mean, nothing comes close than me spending time alone. Like nothing. Totally. Nothing. Totally. And so I used to call it my pain cave, right? Because I had that Marine in me, right? I was like, what are you going? Why are you going on like an eight hour hike? And like in silent. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to my pain cave, right? I'm going to train. But I really was never going to train. I was yeah. going to find the depths of my soul, go deep into oh, my yeah. shadows, explore oh, yeah. what they were. And, you know, oh, for yeah. all of you that aren't woo-woo, just go look up Carl Jung and start diving into shadows and shadow oh, work yeah. and ego shadows oh, yeah. and things like that. And so, you know, what you said, the two things that you said, <laughs> one of them hit me like a ton of bricks. And you said the addictions to your habits. The addictions to your habits and like my brain gets that, right? And something I work on a lot. And it's like this construct of that I somehow can control the triggers in my life by creating a false veiled environment that basically protects me. And then I create habits that keep that illusion of protection going forward and everything looks good. But then the moment, and I mean the moment something doesn't look like my ego or brain constructed it as Mm -hmm. it's like I swing the other way and the life is over, right? Like this has been one of my biggest lessons as an entrepreneur. So being addicted to your habits, um, you know, with what you're talking about going in to retreat. And by the way, I love, um, I love the humility of like what you've done. And, And for those that didn't catch it, if you're not familiar with like Tibetan Buddhism, like when they live, they go do service and they, they walk around and they meet people and they literally survive off the donations of others, the donation of food, the donation right. of goods. Like it's literally probably, it is a full servant, self-servant support other people. Mm. I absolutely, I'm assuming the humility of that is a very big, big lesson um, in what it mm. is. But, but when you, when you said that addiction to your habits, like my immediate brain was like, wow, I've read this. I see this. I do this. And it's every time I get somewhat comfortable 
in what mm-hmm. I'm doing, complacency comes and it's, it's a mm-hmm. matter of weeks before yep. it's like an atomic bomb gets dropped in the middle of it. Right. And so it's blessing. That's it, blessing. Totally, totally for me, for me. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this because for me, the reason it was an atomic bomb is because my habits were the doingness of it rather than how right. I saw it and the beingness of it, right? Yes. And so for yes. everybody listening, the tangibility of like, yes, I know every day I'm going to record a podcast. I'm going to write 12 emails. I'm going to do whatever. But regardless mm-hmm. of whether I do any of those or not, the intention of like, I'm going to spend 30 minutes by myself making a plan in silence is my mm. new measuring stick, which allows me to navigate what happens. So for people that are listening that are like, oh God, like, oh my God, I totally jump on my phone in the morning. I totally, you know, boom, boom, boom. Like, how do you go about breaking down that addiction to habits? Like, what do you do to help break that down or create a new container or create space to start, I don't know, feeling some of these things, processing these things? I think, first of all, like, like you described it wonderfully, life will teach you if you do not take care of it by by yourself mm-hmm. so so even if you don't do nothing uh, uh be sure life will kick you i mean uh, we live in a world of abundant blessings you just need to realize that it's there to serve you that that your your so-called problems are there to serve serve you there is uh it's it's just a friendly universe Really, it, it is, but we need to discover this. So, and then how do you break down the habits? Is that your question? Yeah, like something something along those lines, like, well, so let's call it a pattern interrupt or a wedge, right? Like yes, yes. There's this, there's this point where I think, you know, even listening to this, you know, there's really like one of two options. You're like, oh, I'm aware of this. I know this. Or I have no clue, but I get hit with these same things. So Scott Carney um, calls this the wedge. Like the reason I do breath work and cold therapy, right? It's the wedge. Right. It's so yes. when I'm like yes. going along in my day and then all of a sudden, boom, my immediate reaction isn't to jump in and react. It's a wait, pause, like take a breath, like Good. what's happening, right? Good. Like to, to pause that wedge. I mean, this unpacked is like attachment to things, then where do things mm. come from and then ego and then ego death. But I think really yeah. for most people, like especially given the state of the world, it's that there's a lot of external triggers coming in every single day. There's a lot yes. of uncertainty yes. and ambiguity yes. and there's going to continue to be. So when you think about that, maybe a better question would be like, when you think about that, like what's something or what are some ways in which we can practice daily to be in that space to to understand that life is going to happen and we can teach ourselves a lesson or like how do we handle the triggers from the world the ambiguity the uncertainty the whatever is going to come in like what are some things or or ways to think about it i think the most important thing is that that you understand that uh we are not here on this life to be entertained Mm. this life is not for consumption it's for learning and and it's it's really like this either you grow and learn daily and growing and learning is not coming from the world going your way so i would consider it really problematic if too much goes your way i mean just just look at um 
I, I know I know I'm taking a long route now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but but I think I, I need to explain because if I just give a tactics, people won't get it. Mm-hmm. Go the long yeah. way. I want the I want the whole way. I want the whole way. All right, perfect. The the first thing is that you need to understand. Basically, uh, let me get back to to basic Buddhism, the four noble truth. This world, this life, is suffering but not in a a negative way. That's a good news in the sense of, you know, you will experience dissatisfaction. Why? Because the world is never like you imagine it to be. There is a discrepancy, a basic discrepancy between all the things that we want, all the things that we imagine life. I mean, let's take something very basic that we all, most people love, sex. The imagination of it, the thought of it, is always more shiny, is always better than even the best possible sex until we let go and then it's turning around. So most people imagine life, they plan life, like you say, to protect, to to reach our vision of it. Instead, the real trick is have a vision, uh, have a plan, But so you have a direction that you give yourself with awareness in order to really discover what's the lesson on the way for you personally. I I don't know if I get too abstract right now. No, no, no. Keep going. I love it. I love it. All right. Yeah, not abstract at all. I mean, and I think, and I'll just kind of unpack it so you can can keep going. So when when I think about it, right, and like, it's that expect like my buddy, uh, my friend Christine Hassler. She talks about it. it's that expectation hangover, right? Like it's supposed to look yeah. a certain way, and then it doesn't, yeah. right? Yeah. And we get yeah. so attached to what it looks like rather than the process of pursuing it and the growth that happens along the way. And so, really, the point of setting right. a vision or setting a goal is to give ourselves a bearing, understanding that it's not going to be a straight line, and it might adjust, but at least like we're heading in that direction of growth, of learning, yeah. of progress, right? Absolutely. And especially what you really need to learn. Right. And, and there's there's different layers of learning. The most fundamental that we need to learn is that this suffering is created. Like you say, it's it is as long experience as you do not discover the real th- source of true happiness for which you do not need to accomplish anything or do anything. It's your real nature. So being in your head. Being in your ego is suffering. As long as this is your reality, you can try to create the most beautiful dream. And the biggest curse is that things will come true. I mean, look at all the celebrities who seem to have it, who seem to have everything and then break it all down. Because there's wisdom in breaking one's own perfect life down. Because in order almost to create a balance between uh, the creation of mind and the basic uh, fundamental nature of mind, which is emptiness, which is spaciousness. We all want to create, we all want to fill the room, but nobody dares to be the room or experience the room at least. And that's that's an important balance of life. So there is creation and there is destruction. There is emptiness that you need to experience in the form of space, 
in your life, in your mind, and form accomplishment going for your goals. And when things do not go your way, what you experience for the moment is the possibility of experiencing emptiness, of giving space, is a moment of fuck. Things don't work out. Uh, what do I do now? And instead of just running into more thinking, just give it, give it a space and say, okay. And there is a moment of almost like a blank that might lead you to actually perceiving what is. I don't know if I'm too far no, off. No, yeah. <laughs> no, like I, I feel like you're speaking to my soul, right? Like I yeah. just like. I, I know you get me. That's the problem, you know, yeah. because I see who you are. I resonate with where you are at, but, but I'm afraid sometimes I might lose some listeners who no. are not into this. No, no, this is, this is so, I mean, I mean, unpacked, like I think it depends on the level, but from a really, yeah. really easy standpoint, it's it's that pause button, right? Like no matter what happens, like you can't lose with space. Like what you're talking about is, you know, it's so like we live in a culture that perpetuates more, 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 which is actually creating less, 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 less. And there's this entire train of thing like there's cognitive dissonance like you wouldn't believe right it's like more go into debt get this get this get this that get and then it's that it's that uh jamie smart calls it that toxic thinking i'll feel this way when i'll get there when i'll have this when where you know you you do anything whether you study you know buddhism or personal development or any basic psychology it's not uh it's not do be have it's be do have Right. Absolutely. And that absolutely. distinction is is absolutely massive. And so I know for me, somebody who's experienced a lot of trauma, both in my life, in my childhood, in the military, but even as an entrepreneur, like traumatic events happen as entrepreneurs every day. Like I've lost two sure. companies in the last four months, right? Like some of the most challenging financial times that I've ever had in my life. And I am the happiest oh. I have ever been. I'm like, isn't this crazy? I'm like, I'm, and crazy? like, okay, cool. Yeah. And I know I'm one of those, like, sometimes I need a lot of pressure to feel it. Right. And it's like, right. but at the end of the day, I remember like thinking about like, oh, how am I going to pay that credit card bill seven years ago when it was two grand and I couldn't sleep all night. Right. And now I have, right. you know, 50 grand a month in overhead. I'm like, oh, I'll figure it out. And I'm like, and if I don't, I don't. Right. right? Like, yes. You know, yes. at the end of the day, yes. but I think what it really Absolutely. boils down to, you said that you said it and it was that space, right? You said everybody wants to build the room, but nobody wants to be in the room. Yeah. Like there's this thing where, and I don't care what you call it, pause, pattern, interrupt, wedge, where yes. it's like, whoa, hey, you do remember, even if you go into the hero's journey with Joseph Campbell, the journey doesn't end when right. they slay the dragon. It no. ends when they come back and teach the village, which requires oh, reflection yeah. and yeah. retrospection and looking at like what worked and what didn't work. And then like, okay, what do I do? It was never about the dragon because I think what a lot of people don't yeah. understand is once you slay one, the next one's bigger anyway. So take a moment oh, to yeah. reflect, yeah. take the lessons and yeah. I mean, what I would love to, to add yeah, please. to this is now, now uh, the listeners might be at a different point in their journey. And l- let me map out in a very simple way how they can identify where they are. Yeah. Because, look, I, I see it metaphysically. We are on a journey from victim to vehicle. The three we, right? So most people live in a state of victim. Life happens to us. 
everything sucks. I don't know why. And I'm suffering. That's, that's something we all know. We also might go back there all the time. The next step is to get into action, into momentum, and all the self-development space that is emphasizing taking action, uh, making goals, having morning routines. All of that is super important for the second step. So in order to, you know, everything has its place. Yes, get into action, create your life. Don't be passive. You can achieve goals. You can create something. In order to already accomplish the first step into, into uh, uh, um, discovering wisdom, which is we are co-creators with life. Life is not just happening to us. We co-create. In this time of the second stage, which is becoming the victor, right? The winner uh, to, to, to get life and things done. This is the entrepreneurial stage. I would say create, uh, do make things happen and, and action, action, action. Without action and goals, nothing happens. But then many entrepreneurs like you are at a stage where they experience, you know, like, yeah, I have it. it I build it, it goes down, I build it, it goes down, but still they're not fulfilled. I, I have a client who owns like, I don't know, six companies. Uh, he made his business to, to buy and grow companies, but he came to me more or less miserable and said, you know, I don't know what's missing. Damn, I mean, even if I reach now the 100 grand, the 200 grand, the 200 uh, million, I mean, mm -hmm. grand, <laughs> yeah. million, <laughs> my level, talking my level, <laughs> uh, he will, he will, uh, he still thinks, I don't know, man, this doesn't feel right anymore. I say, yeah, because you're already a victor. That's what you can do. So building another company will not do it. You just have no freaking idea what else to do with your life. So he needs to learn to become vehicle. Stop creating, let life happen through you. And this is very scary for most people who are very accomplished, who reach goals, who know how to make things happen because there they need to embrace even more space. And if you do not do it, then life kicks you in the chin. Like it happened to you. You lose two companies. Mm -hmm. Oh, my wife. Oh. Now, because now you enter the next stage of creation, my friend. You will create from space. Mm -hmm. You will create not miserable hustling, 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 finally getting things done and almost not being able to rejoice because you think, was this worth it? No, you start happy now. You will be happy tomorrow on the way and you will be happy when it's accomplished. This pod when you're back on the feet. This podcast wouldn't have existed if I didn't lose those companies. Like literally yeah. this would have never, eight years in the making of wanting to launch a podcast, wanting to do it, talk about it, own the yeah. equipment for eight years. And it was literally... Yeah the smack in the face that was like, okay, you don't want to do it on your own and you've been denying what you've been called yes. to and you've been yes. pushing off and making excuses. Fine. Hello. Smack in the face. Right. My wife, yeah. my wife tells me all the time. She's like, the universe is going to keep kicking you in the mouth until you learn the lesson. Right. And I just, oh, yeah. I laugh at it because yeah. I look back now and my wife is so wise. And like, obviously oh, all yeah. of you can laugh at me through this cause I'm okay with that. But it's like, you know, the whole analogy, they teach this in personal development, right? Like different job, same boss, different relationship, same partner, right? It's not them, right. it's us and oh, our yeah. patterns and our views and oh, everything. Yeah. And, you know, when you said like those three stages of victim to victor to vehicle, really right. the biggest distinction for me is like, 
I stopped being a victim a long time ago, but I lived in this victor. Like I'm going to totally. beat what happened to me as a victim. I'm going to prove the oh, victim yeah. side wrong. I'm going to prove oh, yeah. And it always oh, yeah. got to this point, but then it was never there. But it was then once I realized that when I got smacked in the teeth one more time, that it wasn't happening to me and I didn't get to beat it. It was like, oh, there's a lesson in this. What oh, am yes. I missing? And then like when you just said, let life happen through you, that oh, yeah. was like the clearest thing ever. Like, who, who am I to think like that I know? Now, I might have a oh, wisdom yeah. and intuition and a voice that I share and I trust in that moment. But once it's out of my mouth, that's it. I'm surrendered oh, to yeah. what comes next. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to say this and I'm going to do this and no, it's going to lead here. Because that puts me back into Victor. And so, yeah, that, oh, I've never heard it broken down like that. That was really you know, good for me. That's that's how I approach all my sessions that I, how I approach even, even my, my interview with you, I had zero preparation. Yeah, me too. You know why? Because it's, it's not important. Either, either we almost like might sound more esoteric than, I mean, we channel truth, we embody wisdom. Then it also doesn't matter what happens or not happens because it's not happening to you. Guess what? Life, life didn't even kick you. Who are you to judge that you have been kicked? Yes. <laughs> you know, it's the next stage, George, because in your own evolution, you have come to a point where you have your heart and your soul to share mm -hmm. much more than your marketing know-how. And that's why, why I feel attracted mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. I, I, you remember our first conversations? You know, I hardly just discovered you. You made this offer with the lighthouse. I said, you know, I don't know you. I have no idea what you did and I don't care, but I trust you. I decided I trust you because there was something in your vibration, how you show up in this world that was right. Mm -hmm. And look how we connected. Totally. Totally. You know, it's, it's so funny. You, you say that like everything from like the prepper, I'm like, I didn't prepare either. Right. And mm. you know, the thing is, is like, that's also like what we spend our days teaching people and everything, but it's just this, I, I believe I call it source flow, intuition, wisdom, yep. but like the example I was given, it's like everybody. Uh, and I love this. Right. And it's going to land for everybody. When you're working out in the morning with no music, you always have your best ideas. When you're in the shower, not on your phone, you always have your best ideas, right? When you're Absolutely. laying in bed and you can't fall asleep because you're afraid you're going to lose it. It's when we create that space. Oh, yeah. That that flow comes and call it what you want. I call, I call it wisdom. It's yours. Yeah. Like it's yes. yours. Yes. And I think like even going back to this, like if I had to say anything, like really I'm at the point now where I'm almost obsessed about space and yes. it's been really yes. interesting to see like sometimes like I look now at like what I get done in a day without making a list. And if I had that accomplishment eight, years ago and I was like this is what you got to get done today I'm like this is going to take me four weeks there's no way yeah. I can do this in a day right but it's like yes. when I don't know I, oh man no I love this I absolutely absolutely love this and you're you know if you live from space things get can get done in a way that's that's almost magical mm -hmm. and this is this is a real thing and this is what people really misunderstand with the law of attraction you know it's not that you can desire things to you based on your ego and and you become a manifester when you embrace space and don't give a shit mm -hmm. if something comes to your life or not then real manifestation happens and it's not you do not create from ego as long as you create from ego good luck first learn the lesson of being a victor mm -hmm. right i mean 
get your shit together, get a job instead of just sitting on your bum and meditating on a million dollars, right? Uh, that's not going to help you. Yeah, meditating right? on a million dollars isn't going to bring it in. No, <laughs> not really, right? And and the thing is, uh, life is your best teacher mm. if you open up to it and surrender to it. And uh, my path was through meditation because what meditation does is is the perfect container to get in touch with space you know and real meditation is so simple that it's damn difficult the highest levels of meditation are almost without instruction you basically have to be what the fuck I mean, who, who can start with just be? And most, most people do not know how to be without thinking. They think I'm my thoughts. And all I can really invite everybody is like, discover yourself. Give yourself a chance to die having discovered your deepest self, mm -hmm. which is happy by no reason, which is blissful, which is uh, totally peaceful, which is, uh, I, it's, it's the best you could not even imagine. And it's there right for you if you just shut the fuck up for a moment. I mean, internally shut up the fuck <laughs> and sit down and just Give space, give the universe, give grace a chance to come into your life so that you re recognize it. It comes to your life whether you recognize it or not. But usually you call it a curse. You say, why is it happening to me? Oh, is this? And, uh, uh, uh. You know, like, stop bitching around, sit down, open up to what is. Yeah, I think, you know, when we talk about meditation, I think that was one of the hardest things for me was I had that that chatter right our monkey mind right you yeah. know the programming we have up there that needs to shut up sometimes having it have to look a certain way having to do anything and i didn't realize that most of my life i was meditating through movement i just oh, yeah. wasn't recognizing what it was but yeah. like you know i think about and i can't think of anybody who can't tell me this like that moment when you're like oh i don't want to go to the gym and you start moving and then like mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. 10 minutes in 15 minutes in and then all of a sudden you literally feel like a superhero doesn't matter how oh, yeah. good of shape or not like you just get grounded and connected and in flow and um you know when you said that a minute ago what popped in my brain when you said like to fall in love with yourself deeply or to see yourself deeply yeah. I, I, like the thought that popped in my head is see yourself as you are, not how you think you are. Yes. And yes. that concept for me is something I, I really, I work, I don't work on it. I, I observe like every day of like when yes. I'm going through my day, like, cause like now I have the tools and the things to recognize like what's happening, how I'm feeling, mm. explore those feelings. Mm. But it's, it's a really interesting thing on how quickly even with what I've had in my life and where I am and where I'm going, how quickly it can go from I am who I am to I'm that thing or I'm that yes. thought or I'm oh, yeah. that blank or I'm that result. And so one of the, the best things for me in this, uh, I'm like, I don't know, I'm not this. OK, I'm pretty smart, but I, I like I need like quick hits. And so I grabbed Thich Nhat Hun's like mini version of his yeah. meditations. Right. right? 
And there's this one that I always remember and it's, it's always about walking. Right. And I will read it before I go. And he's like, walk. And he's like, but don't think. I'm like, what do I do? And I think he's like, no, no, feel your foot. What did you step on in that moment? What did you see? What did it look like? And, and it's like this training and this practice of, of being Mm -hmm. and, and like this moment, Mm -hmm. like the moment comes and it's gone. And I don't think about the moment again. It's the next step. It's the next step. Yes. And um, so for me, walking is like literally one of my favorite ways to get into it now. Very good. Yeah. Um, but what what would you recommend for people? Because like, obviously, I understand um, the thing. Yeah, go. that's that's good. I think the the I am might not be very popular with what I say now. Good. <laughs> that means we. this is why we're friends. Yes. Uh, thing is, I think most meditation instruction out there is crap. No, I mean, first of all, most meditation teachers have no fucking idea what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, I've, I've probably meditated 30,000, probably more hours. And I consider myself, I didn't even scratch the surface. And I do not teach meditation. I don't. <laughs> you know, because I had teachers... I, let, let me just say it without commenting, who could, who could go through walls? Let me say it like this. Mm-hmm. When you're there, okay, start opening your mouth. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's my criteria, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, it's the equivalent when you're deep into something. Look, you've been deep into business. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there is a rookie who've read two business books, who's, who's living in the basement of his mom, uh, and and talks about being an entrepreneur with some, I don't know, some fake bullshit that he's proposing. Do you take him much serious as an entrepreneur who's, well, you, you know, the best thing you would have like is to say, yeah, go on, maybe someday you discover real business. I mean, it, it's fine, you know. I, I'm, and I mean this with all my love. I mean, it's, it's crap. Everybody is talking about mindfulness has become the thing now. But mindfulness, Damn, it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, my talking about mindfulness and real mindfulness is almost like saying, hey, start to power lift uh, with, with uh, du- the double weight, uh, with double body weight. Mm-hmm. When you've never uh, lifted before. When you never lifted before, stop. Yeah. I mean, stop there. Just start slowly. The first thing that people who want to get into meditation is first to get comfortable creating a habit. You do not you do not need more than five minutes, but do them every day and use them as a concentration practice. Make it very simple. Do not try to be aware of what is going on, whatever. Just learn to focus one's mind. These are the basic bicep curls that you first need to accomplish. You need to train the mind by basic concentration first. After you have built up sufficient power to focus your mind, for example, that you can count from within the meditation period without being distracted. Simple counting. You just count one, two, three, four. Most people can't count until 10 without having to start over because uh, was I at eight or nine? I don't know. Their mind is so distracted. First, learn to count. If you get until 100, great. Count until 200. 
maybe you get to a thousand. And you can either count or you can focus, um, I mean, counting your breath, for example, right? Uh, already the instruction, recognize the breath going in and out and be aware, is too advanced for most people. They can't do it. And forget about not wanting to think. You do not take thoughts as an object until you can make at least uh, like, like a thousand curls, mm -hmm. which would be like counting until a thousand. You know, if meditation is taught in a proper way, very gradually, so that you accomplish one step after the other, it becomes fun. Otherwise, people get two high-level instructions because the high-level instructions are great and the teachers who teach them mean them, but they come from a context where you dedicate fully into a meditation practice, where you live either in a monastery, where you're surrounded by this, and then it's fine to get this high-level teachings. I got high-level teachings where I had not the... I'm not the slightest idea what I do with this, but I was sitting all day. I had time to figure it out. If you just have five to 10 minutes, you know what will happen? People will think about meditating while pretending to meditate and then just repeat to what they've read about meditation. This doesn't bring you anywhere. Yeah, it, I, it, it, yeah, I, yeah, I just, you said this earlier, you said life is not for consumption, it's for learning. Oh, yeah. And I think that that ties that in so well that like even in that practice, like the diligence, the intention and the discipline to be like, God, I got to seven. OK, I'm going to start over and like learning through yep. that process. Yep. Instead of the ego checking the box of like, look, I did it or it looked a certain way. Like I, and I'll actually give everybody an example because people know I'm a nut and I do cold therapy. Right. Like I love yeah. ice baths. Right. Well, yeah. what everybody doesn't know is that when I started them. I kept the water at like 40 degrees Fahrenheit, so three to four degrees Celsius. And everyone's like, okay, when you go in, I did all my breath work. The first 14 days, I didn't last more than nine seconds. I couldn't. Like, I physically couldn't. And like, I knew that physically I wasn't going to die and I wasn't going to get hurt, but I literally wasn't at the point where I could break through that wall, break through that resistance. And I was like, I'm still going to go. And so then it became fun. I'm like, well, maybe I'll get 10 seconds today. And I like jumped in Absolutely. and I was like, boom. And then it was the most amazing thing. Cause I wasn't posting about this. Nobody knew it was 4am me myself. And it was like day 17. I was like 10 seconds and I jumped in and the wall was gone and I ended up staying yeah. in for 13 minutes. And then I was like, oh my God. And then I was like in, right? But then I, the next day it was like two and I just respected the process. Like I respected oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my body and I realized like, hey, if that's what it feels like, maybe I'm not supposed to push through this. Maybe this is the yes. lesson. Maybe yes. this is rather than try to control, like surrender, like and, and being oh, able yes. to discern like, yes. oh, this is me quitting. I'm like, no, I'm up at 4 a.m. doing my breath work and getting in the cold yes. water. Yes. I've already won the game. Whatever happens yes. in that tub yes. is a bonus. And that's, that's kind of how the I humility, see it. It's, it's exactly this kind of humility that we need in life. Mm. You, you need to be humble enough to feel I don't win at this and yet I'm going to do it. You need to be humble enough. Nowadays, everybody wants to start off being a big shot meditator, talk about meditation, uh, uh, teach meditation to the world, have a YouTube channel about meditation, <laughs> proclaim it just to convince themselves that it's good for something because they've never experienced it themselves. Because if they would, 
they would not teach it. They would sit down and meditate more and more. Mm-hmm. I needed to be kicked out of retreat to get back into life. Yeah. Do not think that I was fed up. You know, why, why would I ever go? I want my teachers. There were teachers who kicked me out. Well, that's enough. The best teachers. And then the man. next level. Yeah. <laughs> well, I it's think. The thing, you know, you know, start with you. When you learn something, do not try to be a master. I mean, like in business. Yep. Everybody. I mean, you do not start. I love it how you say. You know, get out, do it. Be have the humility that it takes time. Yeah. And don't buy into this bullshit. Either you make a million right away, or <laughs> it's not going to work. It, it, it's it's even not about the million in the first place anyway. Nope. No. And and it's having the humility, but the self awareness to realize like you've never made it. Like the moment yeah. the moment you're like, oh, I crossed the finish line. Like get ready because it's about to be a rough ride. Like I, I tell everybody this. Like I've been teaching email marketing for got eleven years now, and I'm considered one of the best at it. Yep. And I literally sat down Elp like two months ago and I'm like, something's missing. Something's missing. I'm like, I can't talk about this anymore. I'm not practicing it enough. Screw it. I'm writing an email every day. And literally every day I write an email and Perfect. I send it to people and Perfect. I'm like, and I'm going through my own process again. But like I yes. said, it's the next level. It's the next yes. level. Yes. And like mastery isn't something you do. It's something you live. It's something you are. It's, it's just a part of it. Like meditation isn't something you do. The habit gets you into the momentum, but then it's something that you, you are like you live it, you breathe it, you happen with it. And that's, I don't know, like for entrepreneurs, for anybody listening to this, like I want to change the thinking of like, I'm going to do this for a hundred days to like, I'm going to embody this. I'm going to be this. Like I'm going to be a student of this. Like I love this because it's really the only way anything else is atrophy in my opinion. Right. Like, Oh yes. It's just atrophy. And, and it's just such a, a profound. This is so in line with, 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 I I, I share some of the highest teachings of my teachers Mm -hmm. who is in it, you know? So there's one, Whenever you think I got it, you're more far away from it. Mm. The moment you think I got it in meditation, you're far away from it. (laughs) That's the thing. The moment you think uh, I know what I'm talking about, I really know, and start talking or teaching about it, you lose it. Mm -hmm. That's, That's very true in meditation. And... Let me give you quick advice before you buy into any gurus of meditation, etc. Whoever tells you they got it is full of crap. The real teachers, the real advanced ones, say exactly the words that you just said. And for me, that's why you're an authentic teacher also of business, because to say you embody it. Mm-hmm. You become the path. For those who have become the path, it doesn't matter where does it? I mean, I love it how you put it. It's an infinite game. Mm-hmm. Wake up. It's an infinite game. So how do you play an infinite game? From the point of view, learn this technique and then you get it. There's nothing to get it. Get into the habit and the humility of learning, of doing, of embodying things. And and I so love it if you approach all what you do exactly with this. It's perfect. You know, like in order to say, do this 12 sequence email and you get a million bucks. What the fuck? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, write 
pour in all your wisdom, all your heart, like you do. Mm -hmm. And I read these emails and they touch me. There is something in it. And you could write whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It's not the content. It's the intention that gets through. Mm-hmm. And the best and, and the best salespeople yeah. in the world will tell you and teach you and for everybody listening that sales is just a transference of energy. That's all oh, yeah. it is. And yes. so like yes. all of that matters today. And you you know, earlier we were talking about breaking through a level, right? Like this is gonna right. sound really interesting, but like eight weeks ago I became a parent to three snakes, right? So we went from right. having no animals except horses, and then my wife and my daughter went to the pet store to get a fish and a hamster for my son and my daughter and came home yeah. with a ball python. And I was like, oh, so we got the thing that eats the hamsters. Okay, I'm cool. I had a, I didn't have a fear of snakes, but I'd never really like right. handled them, so I didn't know. Right. And then I became like the herpetologist, and then we got two more, and like daddy's like the snake whisperer. But what I love, and I mean I love them, like I watch them every month, and they shed their skin once a month. And if wow. they do not shed their skin, they cannot grow. And it's wow. like the metaphor, like, and I have one sitting in front of me. She's sleeping over there, but at my desk that I can see. And like, I look at them and I'm just reminded like every day they live and they be. Right. And then as a part of their process, if they don't shed, if they don't experience that process and letting go and leaving it behind, they can't grow anymore. They get infections, no. they die. And like watching mother nature happen, it's really powerful for me when I look at things and I'm like, oh, wow, that happened. Oh, I'm letting something go. I shed. I learned a lesson. I moved through it versus like, let me hold on to it. Don't take my skin. I don't want the new one, right? Yes. Like I want to hold yes. it forever. Yes. Yes. And so, I, oh, man, I just, I think there's so much, I mean, there's, this could be a, an 18 hour episode because we could unpack all of this. <laughs> um, yes. True. Yeah. And, and I got to apologize for everybody. I was so excited to get into this with Alp. I forgot to tell you guys where to find him at the beginning of the episode. So I'm going to do it now. Um, the easiest place to find Alp is on Facebook. Just add him as a yes. friend or shoot him a message. His name is spelled yeah. A-L-P. And then his last name is Tekin, T-E-K-I-N. So A-L-P space T-E-K-I-N. I just wanted to get it out there before we go any deeper because I'm right. just like, I forgot <laughs> to tell everybody. <laughs> Great. And I think oh, one of the things that resonated with me a lot um, is I have this, I feel like, and, and this is just self-awareness, that I modulate a lot between uh, Victor and vehicle, Victor and vehicle, right? I heard you say, you know, like- be. Yeah. And, and like, I love the daily practices. Like I'm doing a challenge with high speed daddy right now, 75 days. And like, I'm pushing and I love it. But then I've also found the points where I see like, oh, I'm winning it versus like, oh, I'm in it. Right. Yes. Oh, I'm winning it. Oh, I'm in it. And what you said about the meditation, like as soon as we're done, I'm going on a walk and I'm counting to hundred and I'm just going to go walk and I'm going to see yes. kind of what happens. Perfect. And Perfect. I love like, it's like this play in it, like this childhood mm. play of like, it's a game, yes. but it's not, yes. it's not a game that has to be won. It's not a game that like you die and you lose if you don't make it to a hundred. Perfect. Yes. I just, I think that's such a profound, like what I've loved about. You know, you know, I'm, I'm meditating for a lot of years and there's days I would say I can't count until five. Yeah. Almost. And, I, and it's okay. Yeah. No, guess what I've lost? Nothing. You know what I gained? A whole lot of awareness about what's going on with me that day. Because guess what? Sometimes I am distracted. Sometimes uh, patterns 
come up. Deep-rooted patterns. I mean, just the other day, people imagine me, for example, another misconception. Hey, I, oh, he must be so cool, accomplished this and that. I wanted to pick up a fight with a guy at the beach. <laughs> I mean, I just, I mean, really, like, because, you know, they were playing ball, nothing. And cute situation, but somehow I, I felt my family is, is in threat, you know. So then something else came through, right? Mm -hmm. An old habit. Luckily, I didn't go into a fight like what I would have in the past, you know, like, okay, what the heck? Mm -hmm. And then I, I could switch in two minutes, but this was like, wow, where did this come from? And then I recognized, oh, there was still a pattern uh, that was right away triggered, maybe by the voice, a particular style of the guy looking at me at the beach, whatever, something got triggered and we are never done. And then it's this, and it's perfectly fine, and it's okay. Then I went to this guy, hey, say, sorry if I was rough, and apologize immediately. And good friends and all good again. You know, like, but, but we never know what comes through. Yeah. And, and that's, that's perfectly all right. Yeah, I think, like, I, this is just like a walking value bomb of everything that we've talked about. Um, and my, it just triggers my brain. It's so validating for all the work that I do and have invested in myself. Cause it's, yes. it's really, it's really refreshing. And, and the one thing, um, my buddy Stephanos and I talk about all the time is that, you know, I still have parts of me as an entrepreneur, as a human that wants a finish line, like that wants a finish yeah. line. So what I did yeah. is I replaced the finish line with awareness. And I tell myself the finish line is when I'm aware yeah. in spite of action. Right. And yeah. so agnostic of action. And so, I understand my psyche right now and I'm like, I need that finish line. It's like, so my finish line today is to be aware of what's happening and do nothing with it. Like just to be mm. aware. And mm. I think it's just such a profound distinction and, and thought process to keep with, right? Like I, I wrote an email the other day about a lot of the times we end up with problems because we don't ask the right questions. Yes. And you know, when we think about this, like really, no matter what you do, you throw out all the bullshit that you see of like, oh, write these 12 emails and I'll get you a million dollars or you're one funnel mm. away. I'm like, no, no, you might be one funnel and 843 edits away. Yeah. But you have to continually be in this game. Like it's an infinite yes. game and it's a game. It's something that yes. has to be played yes. and practiced. And, you know, you can't drop the ball and then be like, I quit. I'm done forever. Or my favorite analogy yeah. that yeah. lands every time is get a flat tire and slash the other three. It's like, no, change yeah. the tire. Yeah. Maybe yeah. don't drive through the pothole next time yeah. and keep going. Yeah. And, and it's about resiliency and, you know, forgiveness and awareness. So I don't know. I don't even know. Do you have anything else you want to say? Like, I'm, I'm just like, I'm happy as a pig and shit you know, right now. As this is related to business, uh, two, two questions for everybody, for all entrepreneurs. First of all, why are you really playing this game? Mm. If you're just in for the money, ask yourself, okay, I reached the goal, and then what? If your fantasy is exit, why don't you fucking exit? <laughs> right away, you know, just, you can live in the streets. You absolutely can. I had, the happiest face on, on the ego level fulfillment, right? By having around 100 bucks a month to live as, as in, in retreat, more or less, and sometimes not knowing next week where the next food will come from. 
you think you cannot have this, it's an illusion. No. If you want to exit, if you just hustle in order to quit working one day, just don't bother. Stop hustling right away. If not, ask yourself, what am I looking for? What kind of validation? What do I want to prove to myself? Or to whom do I want to prove? Whatever. And guess what? You do not need to accomplish anything to be worthy. You do not need to accomplish anything to be a fully happy, functional human being that can live a fulfilled life. And when you know this, then strive for this becoming your reality. And then you're happy no matter what. Happy with $1 in the bank, happy with uh, uh, debts of $1 million, I don't know. I never experienced this, but maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> I, sh I shouldn't open my mouth so wide. But basically, yes. You know, like, because, you know, look, one and a half years ago, I saw my dad passing away. Mm. And it was so beautiful to see. My dad was, a, uh, was an entrepreneur who broke down, who couldn't get out somehow, that's the story I told myself, who, who couldn't um, deal with the fact that several times he went bankrupt and after the last time he basically gave up, gave up on himself, burnt out. So this was the story how I saw him. And he had the most peaceful and happy death. He was okay with himself because there was a moment of surrender to life and then seeing his life wasn't lost. Even if you judge yourself as losing or being a loser the only thing that's between you and happiness is this judgment nothing else and it's not the world judging you it's you yourself so i invite everybody to to be happy right now but really right now by letting go of whatever you think is in the way because it's your birthright Happiness is there and it's your birthright. So claim it. Don't postpone it to tomorrow until you reach it because tomorrow might never come. It's like this famous uh, joke, like, that, like this Scottish pub where it's written free beer tomorrow and people go in and say, hey, can I have the free beer? He say, yeah, but tomorrow. So the next day they come, hey, what about free beer? He say, yeah, but tomorrow. There's always free beer tomorrow, right? And if we live life like this, once I have this, I will be happy. You know, that's, that's really where we waste life. Because we buy into the illusion that we need anything in order to be happy. But guess what? No. Be happy. Because we are. And then you live your life and plan your goals from there. Have goals, why not? We need direction. But play it as a game, as an infinite game, like you used to say. And, and what is the content of it? It's relationships. That's why they beat algorithms by thousandfold. So I, I uh, fully love your motto. That's why it so much resonates with me. That's why I love to learn from you, man. I mean, I... I I literally consider myself a devotee, a student of George Bryan's marketing lessons because, you know, you, know, you pour your heart in it 
and there is this practical wisdom and experience and this is the real stuff that I feel attracted to learn from. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's an honor. It's an honor both ways. It's an honor that I get to share and then um, that I get to, you know, be here with you and have these calls and, and share this journey with you. I, I literally am speechless. I don't have anything to add to any of this. I think that is a perfect time for a mic drop from you on Elp. So everybody, everybody listening. Um, to find Elp, uh, go on Facebook. He's in our Facebook group, but you can find him on Facebook. Uh, Elp, A-L-P space, uh, Tekin, T-E-K-I-N is his name. Adam, shoot him a yeah. message. Um, he's an absolute master. Uh, obviously, you can tell. You can hear it. He doesn't need to say it. But if you need anything, reach out. Um, send him some love on this episode. I would love it if you sent him a message with one of your takeaways, something you brought forth out of this. And Elp, I just wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. This is an absolute gift, and I appreciate that we got to spend this time together. Thank you very much, brother. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, everybody. That wraps another episode of the Mind of George show. I'm going to go for a big meditative walk now and shed some yeah. happy tears because I'm like overwhelmed with joy uh, right now. So uh, remember, we'll see you in the next episode. Have a beautiful day. And thanks for listening to this episode. And like I said in the beginning, and probably a ton of times throughout, make sure you subscribe to the show if you want to hear more. Now, leave a review. If you like me, actually, don't leave a review if you like me. Just leave a review if you feel so inclined. But I'm going to ask you because it helps other people find this. And I'm going to give you a little marketing lesson in the outro of this anyways. Go to mindofgeorge.com so you can get into our crazy family and also get a free gift my team and I made for you. Now, here's the thing. There's only four types of customer journeys, and I'm sending you to one page to cover all of it. But our job is to give you everything that you need to succeed as an entrepreneur. See, what I want is I want you to be in our family. I want to be in a relationship with you. And I want you to have a win before I ever get a win. And so on that page, you'll see some of the best stuff that we have, our top podcast episodes, our free courses we put together, our free content. And there's one in particular that I'm super proud of. We put together a free 30-day transformational marketing course. Literally, just need your email so you can get in and get into the membership site. We talk about the two most important documents in your business, your lighthouse and your avatar sheet, which we now call the beacon of beliefs in your captain's assessment. We teach you about the conscious and subconscious customer journey, how to have congruency in your marketing, the psychology of email marketing marketing, the six email sequences that your business needs to have right now to win, the two most wasted pieces of real estate and digital marketing that you can fix right now, my special five-part email recipe, and how to reframe your card abandonment strategy so you don't insult people's intelligence anymore, plus whatever else I can come up with on a certain level of crazy, because my mission is to teach you that relationships will always beat algorithms, and I'm ready to be on your team, I'm ready to be in your corner, and it's time for you to win a gold medal. So make sure you go to mindofgeorge.com, and we'll see you in the next episode. I love you all. Bye.